Praise the Lord, everybody. Oh, we can do a little better than that. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord. How many of you thankful for what you feel here today? Praise God. I want to give honor quickly um, to the man of God, the angel of this house, Pastor Mayo, in his absence. How many are you thankful for your leadership here today? Praise God. Give him honor. All the visitors that are in the house, thank you for being here today. I give you honor, all the saints of God. What a tremendous move of God that is here and present and wanting to happen in this building. Quickly, I turn your attention to the word of the Lord this morning. Thank you, musicians and singers. Phenomenal job. All the ministry team, thank you for everything that you do. Praise God. Genesis chapter 6, beginning at verse 1. Genesis chapter 6, beginning at verse 1. If you're there, say amen. If you're cheating on the screen, say amen. No shame in your game. Okay. Praise God. And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born unto them that the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair and they took them wives of all which they chose. And the Lord said, my spirit shall not always strive with man for that he is also flesh. Yet his days shall be 120 years. Yet his days shall be 120 years. There were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, the same became mighty men, which were of old men of renown. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he made man on the earth and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I've created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. Then verse 8. But Noah, <laughs> but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Verse 9, Noah was a just man and perfect in his generation, and Noah walked with God. Noah walked with God. Today I want to preach to you from this topic, and I do feel like I only have a short amount of time to do what I feel to do today. And uh, I want to preach to you from this topic until the day. Until the day. Why don't we lift our hands and ask the Lord to help us if you're in this building and you're breathing, I want you to lift your hands right now. I don't care if you're new here. I don't care if you've been here for 50 years. I want you to lift your hands and open your heart to God. God, we need you in this house today. God, we need you. Come on, church, lift up your voice. God, we need you to touch our hearts and our minds. Touch our spirit, oh Lord. Let there be a demonstration of the power of the Holy Ghost today. God, we'll be thankful. We'll be thankful. We'll be thankful for what you're going to do in this house do what only you can get credit for in this building today, God. We thank you. Why don't you clap your hands and give God a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise the name of the Lord. You can be seated in the name of the Lord. Thank you, Brother Jordan. Until 
the day, until the day. Now, if you're a visitor in this house, thank you so much for coming today. I count it an honor for you to be here today. Now, this has nothing to do with my message, but I'm going to explain something to you. If this is the first time you've ever been in a Pentecostal setting, let me tell you why people are running. You know, as Pentecostals, it's just normal to us. But for somebody that may not have ever experienced anything like this, they may be looking like nobody's chasing these people. Some of you grew up in church, and this is just normal. But some people didn't grow up in church. The reason why we run the aisles and we worship the way that we worship is we're giving back to God everything that we have. God gave his best, which was himself, so I'm going to give God my best. So that's why we're very exuberant in our praise and in our worship. You know, they don't think anything crazy when somebody goes to a football game and it's 20 degrees outside and they got their shirt off and they're... That's normal to everybody. So it's a little bit normal to come in the house and because God has done so many things for me. He has blessed me. He has set me free. He has touched my mind. So that's why we're a little radical today. That's why we lift up our hands. That's why we lift up our voice because God has been good. Praise God. Praise God. So that was sermon number one. I can't preach too long. I got a 2 o'clock service today, so can't preach too long. Well, my wife's not here. I'm sure she's watching, but she hates when I preach this message. Hey, baby, love you. She hates when I preach this message because this message always starts off with her. So I got to preach it when she's not here. Well, before, before we started evangelizing, uh, me and my wife had the privilege of buying what we thought was our dream home. Keyword, before evangelizing. And uh, this dream house was a four-bedroom, two-and-a-half bath, and it was nice. There's a lot of room to grow into, and we were just excited to be there. We didn't, we didn't know what to do with this big old house, and so we're saying, okay, we just got to furnish it. My wife said, let's just go buy all new furniture. And I'm saying, hold up. Hold on. What's wrong with the old furniture? We got to buy a new house and you got to buy new furniture. I don't get it. But I was like, I, I think the furniture we got is pretty good. She said, no, we got it. And then she walked into our, our bedroom and it's, it's massive. It's huge. It has a walk-in closet. And she's saying, you know, it's going to look so good when we buy a new bedroom suit in here. Oh, some of you ladies preaching with me right now. Oh, amen. Hallelujah. And uh, I'm thinking to myself, self, and myself said, huh? Don't act like you don't talk to yourself. Yeah. I, I said, you know, I just really don't want to, I just, I'm fine with the bed we got. But, you know, happy wife, happy life. So one Tuesday, I'll never forget the day that, that we go to look at some bedrooms that, we walk into Ashley Furniture, and there's an elderly man sitting on the couch waiting to pounce on us as we walk in. 
he's on his iPad playing, and as soon as we walk in the building, he's, oh, it's such a great day here at Ashley's Furniture. What are you in need for today? And as soon as he starts talking, I walk off because I wanted him to know I do not want to be here. And my wife says, well, excuse me, my, my husband's a little tired, you know. You know but we're in, we're in need of a bedroom suit. And uh, he's like, well, I got the perfect one for you. I'm off looking around. I'm just mad, upset. I'm pouting because I don't want to be there. Some of you brothers know what I'm talking about right now. I hate going shopping with my wife. And I, I just didn't really want to be there. And so I, I'm just going off. And she finally calls me. And she says, Carrie. I found the one. Okay. She said, come look at it. Well, I don't care how it looks. I'm worried about the calls. I don't care if it can feed me breakfast in the morning. How much does it cost? And so I come up there. I mean, it's, it's a nice, it's got a nice headboard. It's beautiful. It's got a, a chest to go with it. And I, I'm thinking to myself, man, this, this bed is a lot of money. And so... She's laying on the bed, and she says, come here, come here, come, come lay on it, see what it feels like. I'm like, no, I just want to know how much it costs. And so the, the salesman, this has, this is going somewhere, I promise. The salesman looks at me, and he notices the disconnect. So he's trying to win me. He's already won my wife, so he's trying to win me now. Sir, and he starts bringing up this statistics. Sir, don't you realize that the average American sleeps 8 to 12 hours a day? And I said, who? <laughs> who sleeps that long? I don't sleep that long. I don't, I don't know what world you're living in, but I don't sleep that long. Eight to 12 hours a day. And then he starts, you know, trying to butter me up. You know, if you're going to invest in anything, you might as well invest in a good mattress. Some of you heard that before. If you're going to invest in anything, invest in a good mattress. And so I'm, I'm finally saying, what's the cost? How much does it cost? And they're both ignoring my question. I'm saying, how much does the bed cost? Come on, guys, quit playing with me. How much? And finally, they tell me the cost of it, and I say, okay, let's just do it. And the man comes to me after we signed the contract, and he said, this bed is going to be delivered on such and such day, and we'll, we'll call you on the way there. So my wife is excited. Ah, I can't wait. I can't wait for the day for that bed to be delivered. I'm just so excited. Man, just imagine, and she'll go in that room, and she'll look in there and she'll say, I think I'm going to put it against that wall. I'm going to put the nightstand on this side. I'm thinking, oh, God, here we go. Weeks before, she's constantly reminding me, do you remember what's coming? It's coming. I just, and I'm like, okay. She said, make sure you take off. I'll never forget the delivery day was supposed to be on a Tuesday. And she said, make sure you take off because we don't want to miss it. We don't want to miss the opportunity. And so I said, okay, you know, I took off the week before. Here she goes again. Did you make sure you took off? Yes, baby, I took off work. Yes, I will be there. She said, well, you know, you got to keep Judah, and you got to make sure all of this, make sure he gets this. Okay, I got it. Got it. The day of, on a Tuesday morning, I wake up. Judah, my oldest boy, is one at the time, and he's just into everything, trying to run down the stairs, trying to do this. And I'm a little wore out. So I said to myself, self, and myself said, some of you missed it, class participation. I said to myself, self, and myself said, yeah, some of you getting it. I said, you know what, you know, it's 
I woke up at 8 o'clock two hours later, and there's no bed. And I'm thinking to myself, I, you know, I'll just go to my parents' house for just a little bit. What I left out of this story is that my parents literally lived about two minutes away from me. So I'm trying to rationalize all of this. You know, it's only two minutes away. It ain't that far. You know, they'll call me. Another part that I left out of this story is we lived in the woods. So the, so the reception's kind of spot. So I go to my parents' house. My parents call my, my mom, honey. And so my one-year-old boy walks in, and he goes to start to play with my mom. And I go to my dad's study because I'm a little tired. And I see this recliner that just has a glow about it all of a sudden. And I said to myself, self, and myself said, <laughs> I love y'all. I said, you know what, I'm just going to take a quick power nap, you know. They'll call me. And I even put the phone on my lap, you know, it's on vibrate, so I know I wake up. And you ever woke up and knew you missed something? And I realized that my phone was on the floor. And I said, oh, God. Oh, God. So I quickly get up out of my recliner. I pick up the phone, and I realize I got ten missed calls. Seven of them are from my wife. <laughs> and three of them are from a 1-800 number. Now I'm thinking to myself, self, myself said, you in trouble. I run downstairs, and I said, Mom! Why didn't you wake me up? I'm getting my son, and I'm getting in the car, and I'm running. I'm putting him in the car seat, and I call the 1-800 number back. Notice I didn't call my wife back. I call the 1-800 number back, and I said, hey, it's, it's, it's Mr. Jones. I'm, I'm sorry I missed your call. She said, wow, we actually just left your house. And I'm like, oh, great, fantastic. Just come on back. She said, no, sir, we, it's not that easy. We're already headed to Georgia. I said, no. I'm pleading with this lady on the phone. I'm saying, no, you don't understand. If you don't come back, my wife is going to kill me. I said, I'm, I'm, you know, I was working at this time, and I was saying, I will pay you whatever it takes for you to turn around. You're only 20 minutes away. Why can't you? She said, man, we got, we got this deadline to meet. I'm sorry, sir. It's going to be another three weeks. And I'm saying, dear God, my wife's been waiting on this day. She's been preparing for this day. Oh, God, what am I going to do? And so... I said to myself, self, <laughs> myself said, huh? I said, I got to do something. She's going to kill me. And so I did what any good husband does. I start cleaning the house. <laughs> I start cleaning the house. I went to Publix and bought her her favorite cheesecake. And I'm saying, I started combing my son's hair. I started mopping the floor. I ain't mopped those floors ever before. But I started mopping the floors because I knew she was going to be mad. She already knew what was up. And so there she is. She drives in, Hyundai Sonata, and I hear the door slam. And I'm thinking, God, come quickly right now. <laughs> I hear the jingling of the keys as she puts it in the doorknob. And I'm thinking, man, this is about to be bad. And she wanted me to know that she came home. She did this number right here. <laughs> to let me know mama just arrived. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, boy, you done really did it this time. She walks into the bedroom. There is no bedroom suit in there. She looks, and she, she looks at me, and she goes, hmm, hmm. And I said, baby, you looking so good today. How was work? Don't talk to me. 
oh, the silent treatment, oh, just kill me now. I don't want to deal with the silent treatment. And so for hours, she locked herself in a room, upset, mad. Finally, she made her presence known once again as she went downstairs. And when she walked back up the stairs, she started stomping again to make sure I knew she's coming. Finally, she burst into our bedroom. And this is where this message is birthed here today. She burst into the bedroom. She said, Carrie, do you know where you messed up? No, baby, why don't you tell me where I messed up? And she said this. She said, the way that you messed up is you thought you had enough time. You thought just because you were two minutes away from the house that you could just play around and just not do what you're supposed to do. And that's the reason why you missed the moment. You missed the promise because you were just playing around. You wanted to take your ease. You wanted to get comfortable. You wanted, you knew that this day was coming. You knew that the delivery was coming on this day, but you wanted to play around. You wanted to just, just do what you wanted to do. And if you would have stayed in the house, If you would have just stayed in the house, if you would have just stayed where you were supposed to be, you wouldn't have missed a moment. I wonder how many people think they got time to play with God. I wonder how many people under the sound of my voice think that it's just time to play games. It's not time to play games. It's time to give your life to God. It's time to surrender yourself. But I, I thought I had enough time. I thought that just because I was only two minutes away from the house that I had enough time just to get by. But I didn't realize that because I went to the wrong place at the wrong time, I took my ease. I got comfortable. I got comfortable with the things of this world. I started getting lazy. Because I said, I got enough time. I got enough time. It's only two minutes away. I know they're coming today. And what I realized is the reason why I missed it is because my wife was preparing, but I was not. My wife was preparing for that day for the delivery of the bed, but I was just taking my ease, and I was saying, I just don't really want to be here. I'd rather be at work. And because I missed the moment, I didn't realize how important it was to just stay in the vicinity where I was supposed to be. Let me tell you what's happening right now in this world. It's time is the greatest enemy right now. Oh, Brother Jones, I've heard this type of preaching before. You're just going to try to scare me to get me at an altar. I got enough time. I'll wait till Pastor Mayo gets back. I'll wait till a convenient day. I'll wait to get my life right with God. I'll wait till I get older. I'll wait till I get into a relationship. I'll wait. And if we're not careful, we're going to allow time. We're going to think we got enough time to play with God. James 4 and verse 14. Life is like a vapor. It's here one minute and gone the next. If we're not careful, we're going to allow opportunities to get right with God and let it just fly past us because it's not convenient for us. It's not when I want to do it. Life has been too good. I'm just enjoying life right now. Just let me live my life. Let me do what I want to do. There's a famous saying that used to happen a few years ago. YOLO! You only live once. 
That's not true. The people that came up with that saying came up with that saying because they wanted young people to not think of consequences. You only live once, why don't you do what you want to do? You only live once, why don't you do what you feel? You only live once. No, you don't only live once. But there's an eternity after this life. That's more scarier than this life. It's more real than this life. And I'm living every day for that day. I'm, I'm not living this life to be popular. I'm not living this life to know everybody or to be known of man. But I'm living this life to get ready for another life. But, but, but Carrie, if you would have just stayed where you were supposed to be. If you would have been in the house, if you would have just stayed where you needed to be, if you would have came to church consistently like you were supposed to. But time, time wears out. The Bible says that his mercy is renewing every morning. We wake up to new mercies every day. And I'm convinced that we use mercy as a spare tire when we need it. We use mercy as a spare tire saying, you know what? I'll use mercy when I really get in a bad situation in life. I'll come back to church. I'll run back to church when it gets real bad. And I know the church is a hospital. But how many people are going to wait too late to get right with God? How many people are going to wait to the last moment when God has already split the eastern sky to try to get ready Oh, Brother Jones, I just, life is good right now. I'm making good money. My family's doing good. My health's good. But what would happen to some of us if we found out we had a terminal disease and we were only given a few weeks to live? How would your life change? I promise you, if you knew that today was your last day, I promise you, you wouldn't take your ease. I promise you, you'd be shouting, you'd be dancing, you'd be running the aisles like nobody else in this building because you knew that day was coming. But because we haven't seen it yet. Oh, preach me a good message. Preach me something good that I want to hear. Preach me something that'll tickle my ears but don't convict my heart. Preach me something. And if you don't think that God has taken notice of the condition of the world that we're living in, He's taking notice of it. He's taking notice of all the abortions that's happening. He's taking notice of all the murders and the killings that's happening. He's taking notice of all the violence that is happening. And I wonder if God is getting up off his throne and saying, I'm about to come back. I'm about to come back. I'm about to straighten some things out. Because we got to go back to Genesis chapter 6 where the Bible says that it was evil. That every man was doing what was right in his own eyes. That men were just getting caught up in life. That men were just doing ever they wanted to. But how did humanity get here? It didn't start off like this. It started off with a man and a woman walking with God in the cool of the day. That's how it started. Then the next thing you know in Genesis chapter 4, two brothers, one of them. Kills the other. It's the decadence of time. 
slowly, surely, surely, humanity is starting to fall away from God. We were a Christian nation. But now it's tough to say if we're Christian or not. It's the slow decadence of time. And we're getting more comfortable on this world. Why are we getting comfortable? We're in this world, but we're not of this world. Why are we getting comfortable? Why are we getting lax? Why are we taking our ease? Because we got time. We got time. We got services. We got revival services where we can run to an altar and get right with God. But what happens when your last day shows up? It could be somebody's last service today. The Bible says that we are not promised tomorrow. But there will be people in this building. I'm going to tell you. There will be people in this building that will put off things till next service. Why will you put more faith in something that's not promised to you? Tomorrow is not promised, so why would you wait? The Bible says that today is the day of salvation. Why would you wait? Get right with God. Because I got time. Because I got another service. I got Monday night, Brother Jones, well, I'll come to the altar and cry, but I won't get right with God. I'll come to the altar and cry and say, God, here I am, but when I go home, I live my own life. Genesis chapter 6, the Bible says that the world has gotten so corrupt, it's gotten so bad that God repented that he made man. How does a world get so bad that God repents that he made them? How does the world get so bad and get to a place of chaos? God says, I wish I would have never met them. But in the midst of all of this, in the midst of the world going crazy, God will always have a people. But it won't be the majority. One man found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And because one man was walking with God, God began to reveal his intentions. Before God ever sends judgment, he will always send a messenger. Some of you better hear me right now. Before God ever sends judgment, he will always send a messenger preaching a message of mercy. Noah, I got a job for you to do, boy. Noah, I got a job for you to do. I want you to build an ark for the saving of your family. Daddy, it's your job. It's your job to prepare your family for that day. It's your job, Daddy, to get everything together. It's your job, Daddy. And I can see as Noah's hearing the instructions of God, saying, okay, God, I'll do it, I'll do it, but why are you doing this? Why are you bringing this judgment to the world? The Bible describes this man as a preacher of righteousness. This man that was building this ark was a preacher of righteousness, but God, why are you doing this? Because the world has gotten so bad. It's time for judgment to come. It's time for judgment to take place. Now what does the Bible say? The Bible says that God's spirit will not always strive with man. But he'll give them 120 years. 
That's a lot of days that goes by that mercy reached. That's a lot of days that people woke up that mercy reached for them. But they didn't take it because I'm just enjoying life, Noah. I'm just having fun. I'm just partying. I'm just doing this. I'm just having a good old time. No, I don't have to get in that ark. Just let me live my life. I wonder how many times they were having parties and Noah was finding the wood. Noah was finding the things that God required to build this ark. And he's steadily preparing for that day while everybody else. <laughs> what? Oh, man, what a good party. Come on, Noah, why don't you come join me in the party? Come on, Noah, just take one day off. You don't got to keep building that ark. You've been doing it for 100 years, and there's no rain. There's no water. Why don't you come join the fun? Why don't you come join me? I mean, it's, nothing's happening right now. Come on, why don't you come join the fun, Noah? I can see. No, guys, God is about to do something. I'm sorry, guys, you go enjoy your fun, but I'm preparing for a day that's coming. I'm not just preparing for myself, but I'm preparing my children. I'm preparing my wife. I'm preparing my son's wife because there is a day coming. There is a day coming. There is a day coming. No, I can't get distracted. Oh, God, somebody hear me right now. The Holy Ghost told me at 12 o'clock uh, this morning that there is a spirit of distraction that's happening right now. Don't get comfortable making good money that the spirit can't deal with you. Don't get comfortable in your nice car, in your nice suit, in your nice fancy house that the spirit can't convict you. We're taking our ease at the wrong time. You don't believe me? Even the disciples fell asleep at the wrong time. Right when God was about to do, when Jesus was preparing them for. And he says, why don't you come with me and pray for a little while? He turns around and notice all of them are asleep. We're taking our ease at the wrong time. We're getting too comfortable. And I'm about to say something right now. Some of you are expecting Donald Trump to fix all of this. Some of you have more faith in a man than you do God. Yeah, Joe Biden's going to fix it. Donald Trump's going to fix it. And we're just going to take our ease. But I'm telling you, it don't matter who's elected. They're not going to be able to fix this world. There's only one answer to the condition of this world. And his name is Jesus. There's only one answer, and his name is Jesus. There's only one answer to the problems. There's only one answer to the depression, to the suicide, and it's Jesus. Brother Jones, it had to get so bad, y'all. So bad to the point where God's saying, I can't take it anymore. But yet his mercy still reached. 120 years. That's a lot of service. Can I preach it in 2024? That's a lot of services. That's a lot of revival services. That's a lot of services where 
preachers come and give a word, but they're not sure. I just, I'll take what I want and leave what I want. And mercy will reach. Can I tell somebody today? God is coming back really soon. And before judgment comes, he will always send a messenger. I believe I'm a messenger for somebody in this building today. Brother Jones, what did that day, what is it going to look like when Jesus comes back? I take you to Matthew chapter 24 and verse 36 to explain to you what that day is going to look like when he comes. But of that day and hour knoweth no man. No, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. Go to the next verse. I want everybody to see this. We're going to do a good old Bible study today. Next verse. There we go. But as in the days that were before the flood, took their ease. Nothing's happening. Nothing's wrong. Everything's good. There is a lulling, a lullaby going on. I'm, I'm good. I, I don't need anything. Everything's okay. Go back to verse 37. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, what were they doing? Consumption. Consuming. You know what this generation is doing? We're consuming so much media that we're not preparing. We're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, we're on this, we're on that. And we're constantly consuming things. And we're not picking up a hammer and preparing for that day. There is no preparation. Why, why are you building that ark, Noah? Because there's rain coming. What's rain? What's that before? I ain't never seen that before. I just think you're a little crazy. I think that preacher's crazy. I think he just wants to scare me. I just think he's just trying to get me to join that church. Oh, I just, <laughs> I've heard this type of preacher before. That's the hellfire and brimstone type of preacher right there. I'd have heard that in the 90s. And God ain't came back yet. We're being lulled to sleep. What were they doing? They weren't preparing. They were eating and drinking and giving in marriage. These next Words haunt me until the day. You know why it haunts me? Because people are going to get the revelation when it's way too late. Uh, until the day that Noah entered into the ark, you had 120 years. You had 120 years to get right with God. But it was on one day where you took your ease where you were just doing what you wanted to do and you said, oh, that preacher just trying to scare me. And you're saying, I'm going to go home and do what I want to do. Those three words haunt me. Until the day 
when it was too late. Can you imagine with me today? I'm praying that some of you hear what I'm preaching right now, that it's not time to play games with God. You know what? Something's bucking up against me right now. And I'm going to tell you what it is. Some of you are so desensitized. Media has caused you to harden your heart towards this type of preaching. That nothing scares us anymore. Nothing. I've heard that type of preaching. Man, I heard it when I was young. God still ain't come back. I heard it at camps. God still ain't come back. I've never seen it before. So I'm going to get comfortable. You're not going to move me, preacher. Let me live my life until the day. I'm afraid there's people in this building are going to be included in the group of people that waited until the day. That's going to say, you know, I just don't see the importance of going to church all the time. I, I just don't. I, I can feel God at home. I ain't got to go to no church. I, I'll just do what I want to do and get comfortable. That's what COVID did to us. COVID got us comfortable with this world. Oh, church is optional now. It wasn't optional pre-COVID, but now it's an option. Because we went through COVID and we made it. And what we don't realize is the enemy is lulling us to sleep at the most important time. If we're not careful, I'm watching it happen all over the world. People that I'm connected to are starting to say things like, I don't need church. I don't need to be baptized. I don't need in that Jesus name. I don't need it. While other people are preparing, trying to save their family, other people are going to be intoxicated by what they're consuming. That's how it's going to look in the last days, is people are going to be distracted. People aren't going to be moved, but they're going to hear. I hope you go home. And you can't get this out of your head. The knocking of the wood. Because a man was saying, I don't need the partying. I don't need the drinking. I don't need the giving into marriage. But I got to prepare myself. I got to get ready. I got to get ready. I got to get ready. Noah, imagine with me today. The day that God said, all right, Noah, it's time. Just imagine with me. As God tells Noah, Noah, all right, yet seven days, and I'll wait a little while longer. But time is running out. Can you imagine as all the animals two by two are going into the ark? And they're walking. Something should have went off in the head of the people when they see the animals walking into the ark. We're missing something. <laughs> oh, this party is so much fun. Oh, come join. Come get out of the ark. You don't need that ark. It stinks in there. Come out here and enjoy some fun. What? Man, Noah, you're missing out. And I can see is Noah knowing what's coming. He's saying, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. Something's coming. Something's coming. 
Something's coming. Imagine with me right here. And then we're about to go. Imagine with me. As everybody gets in the ark. And the door starts closing. Noah's leading his family into the ark. The animals are in the ark. And then all of a sudden, that And the first raindrop falls. Imagine being the person at the party. Oh, hey, uh, hey, cut the music off. Stop, stop. What did you did you feel that? What what, what was that? Uh, I don't know. I, I think you're. I think you had too much to drink. No, no, no. You see all those raindrops falling. What what is what is? And it hits them. That crazy preacher was right. Imagine, I'm telling you right now. Imagine with me right now. As they're all drinking, having their fun and partying, and they realize, oh no, oh no. As the raindrops start falling faster, and I can see as they start throwing stuff. I don't need it. I don't need it. No, 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 Mr. Noah, Mr. Noah, open the door. Mr. Noah, open the door. I got to be safe. No, Mr. Noah, open the door. The very sound that they've been hearing and ignoring, now they're the ones beating on the door. Noah, let me in. Noah, let me in. Noah, let me in. No, it's getting, it's getting to my knees. It's getting to my waist. It's getting to my chest. I'm not going to be able to handle this anymore. Noah. And I can see as Noah's on the other side of safety, on the other side of the door. And he says, I didn't shut the door. God did. So that means Noah didn't even know when God was going to shut the door. So every day he had to prepare like it was that day. I'm afraid that Pentecost, we've become too comfortable with this world. I'm going to ask somebody a question in this building. If God was to come back in the next 30 minutes, where would you go? Oh, I I don't know. If that doesn't scare some of us. there's There's good to have a healthy fear of hell. There's nothing wrong with that. Because... The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. When you're afraid and you reverence something, there's sometimes that it affects your decisions. I don't want to go to hell, so I'm going to live right. I'm going to talk right. I'm going to act right. I'm going to do right. But Brother Jones, what do I have to do to get ready for that day? I'm so glad you asked. The way that you get ready for that day is you have to make a decision today. The way that I get ready for that day that's coming that no man knoweth is that I got to start preparing. I got to start building. I got to start doing what I need to do to get ready because I don't want to be lost. Y'all, I don't think some of us understand that this is not a game of Monopoly where you get do-overs. No. Brother Jones, I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying, Brother Jones, and I, I, I want to I get ready. 
I want to be ready for the coming of the Lord. What do I need to do? Well, I'm so glad somebody asked in this building. If one person gets this, my job has been successful today. One person. In order to understand, you got to go into the requirements of what God asked. He said, I want you to make this ark of gopher wood. I want you to put pitch on the inside and the out. I want you to make one window. And then he says this, I want you to make one door. My question to you is, the length of this ark was at least a football field and a half in length. Why would God, as the architect of this all, say only put one door in there? I'll tell you why. If you look around this building, one exit, one exit, one exit, one exit, one exit, one exit. There's multiple exits. There's multiple entrances. But when God created the ark, he said, Noah, I want you to only put one door. And I'm going to tell you why. Because there's only one way to safety. It isn't your way, my way, and the highway. No, it's God's way. And he was trying to tell Noah something. Noah, there's only one way to safety, and it's through the door. It's through the door. There's only one way to get in, and it's through me. It's only one way. And I've come to tell somebody today that you've come in the right building. If you've been searching, if you've been looking, there is safety. But you got to go through the right door. You got to go through the right way. You got to go through the right way. Oh, Brother Jones, that's not how I was taught. Are we going to let the word be true and every man a liar? John 10 and 9. We about to have a good old Bible study. Is that okay right now? John 10 and 9. This is Jesus speaking. I am the door it was God in Genesis but in John it was Jesus and he was saying I am that door I am the way I am the entrance and you gotta come through me you gotta come through me is this okay John 14 and 6 come on Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. But some of his disciples had a little question. Philip saith unto him, Lord, John 14 and 8, show us the Father, and it suffices us. Jesus saith unto him, have I been so long time with you, and yes, thou not known me, Philip? He that has seen me hath seen the Father. If you're going to get right with God, you got to have an understanding that there's only one God and his name is there's only one way and his name is Jesus. There's only one entrance to safety and his name. Come on, somebody shout that name. Come on, shout the name. At the name of of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. He is the door. He is the door. (laughs) 
Hey! The devil hates this right here. So I'm going to keep on doing it. Deuteronomy 6 and 4. Go ahead and put it on the screen. I know we can quote it, but we're going to make the devil mad today. Hear, O Israel. Hear, O Israel. The Lord our God is. Teach it to your kids. Teach it to your kids that there's only one God and his name is Jesus. Come on, we're going to do a little bit more doctrine right here. Ephesians 4 and 5. There is one Lord. Uh, there is one faith. Uh, and there is one baptism. There's only There's only one way. There's only one way. And you got to go through it his way. One God. Is this boring some of you? Ephesians 4 and 6. One God and Father of all who is above all and through all. And he wants to be in you all. 1 Timothy 3 and 16. I hope I'm not boring church people right now. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested he didn't send his son. I wish my son was here. Can I adopt one of you boys real quick? One of you young men, come help me. Thank you, son. Come here. Just for a moment. Just going to adopt you for a moment because I can't pay. can't pay for you. You probably eat too much. <laughs> Let's say he's my son. And I say, I'm going to be God. He's going to be Jesus. Okay? And I'm up there and I'm saying, okay, go do the dirty work for me. Because if God sent his son, he's not paying the price. So the only way to explain it is that God would manifest himself in flesh and be and become the son because he said I want to feel the pain he was tempted in all manners just like we but without sin God wanted to know what it feel like to be tempted but he said I'm not going to sin but I'm going to manifest myself I want somebody to put their finger up it's only one way. It's only one way. In Genesis 6, this is all happening, that there was only one door. Colossians 2 and 9. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the God in him. Why am I doing this? Because if you can get understanding of who he is, that there's only one way. That you too will make the effort to step out and say, all right, I got to get in alignment. I got to get in the right place. I got to do the right. <laughs> Brother Jordan, come help me. I'm, I'm almost done. I feel the Holy Ghost pulling on people right now. 
Church, I'm going to need your help today. Just a piano player for right now. Just piano. Luke 13, 25. Has this been okay today? All the ministry team, is this okay? Luke 13, 25. reason why I want everybody to see this is because I want you to know I'm not making this up. When once the master of the house is risen up and hath shut the door, and ye begin to stand without and to knock at the door, saying, Lord, Lord, open unto us. And he shall answer and say unto you, I know you not. Don't wait till it's too late to go to the door. Every person, I'm not talking to just visitors. I'm talking to people that's grown up in church. Don't wait till it's too late to come to the door. Don't wait till things start getting bad to come to the door. But there's an open invitation to whosoever will, let him come. You don't have to be a certain color. Hold on. All right, all right. I feel it right now. You don't have to be a certain color to fit into this. To whosoever will. Black, white, Hispanic, Asian, African, all. To whosoever will. It doesn't matter if you're five or you're 65. To whosoever will, let him come to the door. Let him come to the door. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. To whosoever will. To whosoever will. To whosoever will. To whosoever will. Praise God. Hold on. Hold on. Come on, but I don't want nobody praying just yet. If you're feeling it, I want you to come. This, I'm telling you right now, this message is not just for visitors. It's for every person under the sound of my voice. Because nobody knows. And I want to make sure I'm ready. The Bible says that Jesus stands at the doors and knocks. And, in, and if any man hears... It's an invitation. But you have to open the door. You got to be saying, okay, God. Man, church, I'm telling you, I feel something something monumental trying to happen today. Some of you came in here, listen, I want everybody's undivided attention the next 10 minutes. Some of you came in here looking for something. Drugs doesn't satisfy. The immoral relationship doesn't satisfy. And you're just looking for something. going to find your answer at the door. You're going to find that answer at the door. Brother Jones, I get it. There's only one God and his name is Jesus. I I get it. But just one last quick little thing is why did God choose water to destroy humanity? 
The Bible describes God as a consuming fire. Why didn't he use fire? Why didn't he use fire? But he chose water. I'm going to tell you exactly why. I want everybody's undivided attention. 1 Peter 3 and 20 explains why. Everybody, look, look, everybody pay attention. Which sometimes were disobedient when once the long-suffering of God waited. It's, I'm, he, he's waiting on you. You're not waiting on him. He stands at the door. He waits. While the ark was prepared, where in few, that is eight souls were saved by water. Next verse. Everybody get this. The like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us. So that water, everybody get this, that wiped away the sins of humanity was a type of baptism. So not only do you have to have an understanding that there's only one way, but you got to understand that if I'm going to be saved, there's only one baptism. There's only one way. Brother Jones, now listen. I'm trying to help somebody right now. Please open your heart to what I'm saying. Open your heart to me. Brother Jones, I've been baptized before. Okay? What were you baptized unto? You go back to Acts chapter 19. And they said, we were baptized unto John's baptism. And you know what it said in Acts chapter 19? That they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You mean to tell me they had to be rebaptized? Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. They had to be rebaptized because there's only one way. There's only one name. One. I hope some of you are reading this because it's the Word of God. I'm not making any of this up. This is the Word of God. Okay, church. I just don't think it's necessary. Where did my son go? Son, come back wherever you're at. Come on, son. Run, son. You're not running. Run faster. Let's say I owe him some money. And I write him a check for $10, okay? And I put on the check, Father, I'm a father. I'm also a son. And I'm also flesh. So I put on the check, father, son, flesh. And he takes it to the bank, tries to cash it. They're going to look and say, um, excuse me, sir, uh, what's the man's name? I was baptized in the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. What's his name? 
I was baptized in Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. That is just titles. But what is his name? His name is Jesus. All authority was given to him. All authority was given to the name of Jesus. Acts 2. Thanks, buddy. This is the last one. Can I get one singer? One singer to come up here? Is that okay? Help one singer. Come on, musicians, come help me. Acts 2 and verse 36. Is this okay, y'all? Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus whom ye crucified, Lord, both Lord and Christ. Next verse. Now when they heard the preaching of Peter, listen, that's where some of you are at right now. You heard, you heard the preaching. Now you got to do something. And when they heard the preaching of Peter, the Bible says that they were pricked in their heart. The purpose of preaching is to push you to a place of decision. That's the purpose of preaching. Preaching is not supposed to make you feel good. They were pricked in their hearts, and they said, what must we do? Verse 38, I know we can quote it, but we need to see it. Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, for the promise is unto you and to your children and to those that are far off, as many as the Lord our God. It's for everybody. It's for everybody. But listen, to get ready for that day, you got to make a decision today. We're not forcing any up. We're not forcing ourselves on anybody. But I'd hate it for somebody not to do whatever it took to get ready for that day. So here we are. We've heard the word. And it's pricked some of you because some of you came up front. You said, Brother Jones, okay. I need to do something today. If you've never been baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of all your sins, today's a good day to get that done. Hold on, hold on, hold on. We're not doing that so you can join a church. We want you to enter into the kingdom. Brother Jones, I got these nice clothes. I don't want to get them wet. We got robes. We got water. What doth hinder you? I know what's going to hinder some of us. Time. I can do it another day. I'll wait till all my family's around to do it. Today. 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 This is what we're going to do. Some of you are feeling, some of you are feeling that pricking right now. Some of you are feeling something say, come on, give your life to me. So what we're going to do right now. Now I know people, you've lived in church all your life, do not disconnect. Because God's reaching for people in this building. What we're going to do. We're going to get our temple ready by repentance.
Repentance is, I'm walking this way, but as of today, this moment right now, I'm walking the other direction. I'm tired of living. Oh, God, nobody hear me. I could feel your spirit right now, ma'am. You're sick of living without peace. I'm going to tell you right now, the Prince of Peace is in this building right now. He's here. He's here. The Prince of Peace just walked into the building and he's saying you don't have to live without peace because I am the Prince of Peace. If you're in this building, I know we got a lot of people up here. You're in this building. You want to make sure everything's right. I want you to come squeeze into this altar. Come, come. If you want to make sure everything's right, I want to, come on, come on. Come on, squeeze in just a little bit tighter so we got room for everybody. Praise God. Praise God. I'm going to need some altar workers here today. God, here I am. Lord, I want to be right with you. Join me as I pray right now. God, I surrender myself to you. God, I want to be right for you. God, I want to be ready for that day. God, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to get ready for that day. God, here's my heart. God, here's my mind. Here's my spirit. Here's my soul, God. I'll do whatever it takes, God. I hear you. I hear you calling. I don't have much time. God, here I am. I'm not withholding anything from you, God. Here's my life. Here's my life. Come on. The, the Holy Ghost is all, I'm church. The Holy Ghost is already moving all over this building right now. We got to be sensitive to the Holy Ghost. Come on, young man. Can you open your mouth? Come on, young lady. You're feeling God's presence right now. Can you yield to his spirit right now and say, God, here I am. God, here I am. God, here I am. All right. I want you to listen. I want you to listen. Everybody look at me. Everybody look at me. If you're in this building, if you're in this building and you know God's been speaking to you, I want everybody that's an altar worker to be watching. If you know God has been speaking to you and things have been drawing you, all right, all I want you to do is raise your right hand right now. If God's been speaking to you, I want you to raise your right hand. Raise it high. Raise it high. Raise it high. All right. All right. All right. This is what we're going to do. Keep your hand high. Keep your hand high. If you're next to somebody who has their hand raised, I want you to ask them. Listen, Everybody listen. I want you to ask them, have you been baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins? Ask them right now. Ask them. Don't be weird. Don't, don't make this awkward. Just ask them. All right? Have you been baptized in the name of Jesus? If you have not been baptized in the name of Jesus, today's a good day to get that done. So this is what we're going to do. I know I'm taking a while, but we got to be real careful. We don't need to rush this moment. I want everybody to close your eyes, every person. If you're on the ministry team, keep your eyes open. But if you're not, close your eyes. If you're in this building 
and you've never been baptized and you would like to be baptized today in the name of Jesus all I want you to do right now nobody's looking but the ministry team I want you to just raise your hand right now I got one right there I got two right there anybody else anybody else don't look around don't don't look around don't get distracted if you're in this building and you've never been baptized or you're not sure how you were baptized I want you to raise your hand right now we already got two people is there anybody else anybody else all right this is what we're about to do everybody look at me we've got a baptistry team correct we got a baptistry team if you want to be baptized, you go this direction, all right? But what we're about to do is we're about to start praying. And when we start praying, God's going to start moving on some of you. You're going to start feeling to say things you've never said before. The Holy Ghost is all over you, sis. He wants to do something for you today. All you have to do is open yourself. You believe what I'm saying? God wants to do something special for you today. All you got to do is say, here I am. All right, church, it's time to pray. Minute, baptistry team, get ready. Song team, get ready. We're about to pray. And I believe God's about to do something in this building right now. I want you to lift your hands. Ministry team, I want you to help me. Ministry team, I want you to help me. If you see somebody that's praying, I want you to go pray with them right now. Come on, church, we got to create an atmosphere right now. Come on, church, we got to create an atmosphere right now. I'm withholding nothing from you. God, whatever you want from me, here I am. Here I am. Here I am. I don't want to be lost. I don't want to be lost. But I want to be ready. I want to be ready. I want to be ready. Come on, church. Don't disengage, but find somebody to pray with. Come on, church. Don't disengage, but find somebody to pray with. Come on, that's it, that's it, that's it. Come on, you can receive the Holy Ghost. That's it, brother. You just got to close your eyes and lift your hands and say, God, here I am. God, here I am. God, here I am. Here I am, God. I surrender myself. Come on, that's it, ma'am. That's it, sir. I'm getting ready. I'm making decisions today to get ready. I'm making decisions today to get ready for that day. Something right now. You lifting up your voice could break something right now. 